Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Everybody on our team took the loss hard, as we should. You know, we never go into a game expecting to lose. You know, if you show me somebody who expects to lose, I'll show you a loser. We use yesterday, we'll use today to prepare, and we'll all come out ready to play tomorrow. That's Chris Paul and what he expects from the Suns in Game 4. Tonight, in Milwaukee, and PK, you got to figure these two fan bases are thinking exactly what the Jazz fan base was thinking. Everything's setting up perfectly for us. This is our year. It never happens for us. We got to do it right now. So I assume in Milwaukee and in Phoenix too. A lot of uh, a lot of nervousness among the fans base. Yeah, don't uh, disrespect Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is all in emotionally. Yeah, Madison. Hello, Madison. Who? Wisconsin. Oh, hour and a half drive away. Probably full of Bucks fans. Made that drive. Made the drive to Madison. From Milwaukee. One night saw the Brewers play. The next night, afternoon. BYU stunning upset. Nah, there it is. Wisconsin. Awesome. Other NBA news, Kawhi Leonard. So it turns out it was more than a knee sprain. It was a partially torn ACL. So he had surgery for that. Clippers have not provided a timeline for his return. Well, I bet you he's going to miss 30 games next year, irregardless. <laughs> irregardless. But is he going to miss 30 in a row at the start of the season? What difference does it make? And then a few more sprinkled throughout the year. Uh, that, that's the thing I'd be interested if, you know, obviously he does miss a bunch of games early. Would he then have the need to miss games throughout the rest of the season, depending on how uh, long it takes for him to come back? But you know he's not going to play anywhere near 82, no matter what the situation is. And then for him... You know, to be healthy for the postseason, how long does that take? What does that ma- what does that entail? Uh, obviously, it'd be something to watch going into next season. Yep. Spencer Dinwiddie out for six months before he was cleared. He had a similar procedure, the partially torn ACL. So maybe well, that's a do little bit of Dinwiddie, a... Well, do Dinwiddie, diddy witty, diddy witty, dumb, diddy do. Sing it. <laughs> you tried, almost, kind of. <laughs> Kinda. 76ers have opened up trade conversations surrounding Ben Simmons, and they have engaged with. Aren't they just talking to teams? They have engaged with teams. Well, I get the athletics more than talk, I guess. But yeah. I mean, all these websites need hits. I mean, their their literal job survival counts on it. Yep. So they've got to say that. They've got to spruce it up. There's a high. High price threshold for the three-time All-Star. They want an All-Star back. We'll see what they end up settling for. It feels like it's going to happen one way or another. You think so? Yeah. You think Ben long-term is a Philadelphia 76er? Well, whatever problems he has in Philadelphia, wouldn't he just transfer them to the other team? Why would the other team be just dying to have him? That's why I don't think the price threshold is going to be that high for all the reasons then you say. Then why trade him? They'll move somebody else who's got other issues. I mean, he's got value. He's not a worthless player. Absolutely. Well, he had a bad playoff, so that means he has to leave? George Niang, I got bad news for you. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, man. Yeah, it is different. Uh, one, one guy's a role player and one guy is supposed to be one of the two stars on the team, and they're supposed to be a title contender. Okay, but I, I get all that, but that means he must be traded? No, he must not. I just expect he will. He must not. I mean, they could hold on to him. I think everybody should be tradable, depending on what you can get back. Team USA beats Argentina 108 to 80. Durant and Beal 17 points each. Oh, Feel better? Thank you, Almighty. <laughs> the US has never lost three games in a row since they went to the NBA pros. Uh, 
Never in any practice games. You guys were wrong, man. It was on at 4 o'clock. It was. Yeah. I was at the gym, and the station was on. They've got like about 10 TVs, you know, hanging yeah, from right. the wall. And so I seen it. There it is. So I I went uh, Tuesday in my golf league, so I go to the gym later in the day instead of usually right after the show. Uh, so, yeah, I watched the first half on there. Looked fine to me. But, you know, Argentina, 41 years old, no, well, Skull and Skull. Norway. <laughs> Joe Engels thinking, I'm barely getting started here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Australia, I assume, is better than Argentina. The uh, Skull has got the haircut now. It looks like he's oh, lost yeah. weight. I yeah. barely recognize him. I mean, I knew to look for he him. Like we talking dude. about He looked good, <laughs> actually, for He for looked really, like, yeah, right. Yeah. Lost the weight, so he can try and get up and down the floor. So, he's been but, playing in Italy. That's cool for him, though, to be able yeah. to do it. He's going to play in his fifth Olympics, they said. So. Yeah, I mean, that's not something that you would expect. I mean, we had Colangelo saying with LeBron, the father's time has uh, caught up to him. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has reportedly become obsessed with his new workout plan in an effort to prove naysayers wrong as he enters 2021 in the final year of his current deal with the Steelers. Reporter Ryan Burr said Big Ben's prioritizing a physical condition has gotten to the point that his diet, this is a quote, his diet is stricter than, close quote, that of Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. How is that possible? I thought Brady had like the perfect diet. Roethlisberger has only finished an entire season once in the past six years, and he'll be 39 this year. They started 11-0, and then they finished 11-5. Just crashed at the end of the year. Well, don't tell me about it. Show me. Steelers linebacker Cassius Marsh, who previously played for the Patriots, was critical of the Patriot way. He was on... uh, He was on a podcast and said, the Patriot way is pretty. It's extremely impressive. Like, they work day in and day out. Their work ethic over there. What they instill is pretty legendary. But they also treat players like crap. You don't have a lunch, period. You get there, and you have to make time to eat in between meetings. And there are, like, five to ten-minute periods where I'd literally go scoop food and put it in a cup and just, like, crush it real quick before I got to the next meeting. It's like there's just no BS. There's no fun. Fun? Fun. You want Fun. Apparently he does. Go to the carnival. Apparently he wants lunch. This is business. Multi-million dollar business. Yeah, I would be cautious about saying that because then what other teams are going to think? Because the message you're sending is, I don't want to work hard. I don't want to do what it takes. I mean, that you can say the words, whatever, but words, the message of the words is more important mostly than the message. I mean, than the words. So the message here, as I take it, is that I don't, I don't want to work that hard. I mean, I mean, I, I like the spoils, so, you know, and I'll do what I can, but I'm, I'm not going to go that to that I'll work, extreme. but I won't work that hard. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The 1-1. Swing and a high drive. Deep left field. Way back and out of here. An absolute no-doubter to left for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The pitch. Swing and a ball drilled in the air right field. That one back. That one on its way. That's gone. Home run. Mike Zanino the opposite way. The American League beats the National League 5-2. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the MVP, hitting a 468-foot home run. Almost made it above all the fans up onto the concourse. Missed it by about four rows, but he crushed that thing. So the AL's won eight in a row, and they've lost three times in 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, the National League, man, are they going to ever recover? I mean, this this is awful. When you lose exhibition games, it is the worst thing possible. That is probably not exactly <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, they, they need to have uh, a million-man uh, National League march over this. I mean, we've got to figure out something here. This is just... Rob Manfred, the commissioner, making news. He says he expects the recent rule changes, seven inning doubleheaders, to go away. The runners starting on second base and extra innings to go away in 2022. Well, I mean, that's cosmetic. They just did it here this last year. People are interested. Are you going to make a rule on the shifts? 
where you have to have the traditional players, two on this side of the second base, two on that side of the second base. Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Manny Machado, he made the all-star team. People think he made it as a third baseman. No, he made it as a short right fielder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's throwing guys out uh, practically from the bullpen <laughs> for, for where he plays on a lot of different hitters. Uh, so, and that... On paper, anyway, we're assuming that that has just taken away a lot of runs and hits and action and all that stuff. I mean, that that's the rule change the that people, people are see. looking for. Will you do that, and what will it mean? Manfred also told reporters that the process of keeping the uh, A's in Oakland is at the end. They've got a meeting coming up next week, the Oakland City County Oakland City Council will consider a non-binding term sheet for a new stadium at the Howard Terminal site. The A's are going to pay a billion dollars private funding into that. Uh, If the votes don't go in their favor, the A's might look to relocate to Las Vegas. Manfred said calling Las Vegas alternative a bluff is a mistake. And he said Las Vegas is a viable alternative for a major league club. And there are other viable alternatives that I haven't even turned the A's loose to even explore at this point. I assume at that point he means Nashville. Maybe somebody beyond that. Well, they'd have to come up with a stadium. Yep. It would have to be retractable or completely domed. I mean, it's very hot in Vegas in the summer, obviously. So to get people in there, you'd have to do that. It's the way of the world, man. Build me or I will leave. Yep. I mean, I think that's what uh, Terrence Mann said, right? If you don't build it, they will leave. <laughs> Standing out in the corn in Iowa. James Earl. The game is uh, next uh, month. I'm really looking forward to that. So White Sox and the Yankees, is that his plan? August uh, I know it's the White Sox. 12th? Sure who the opponent is. Somewhere in there? That, that's going to be something. That's going to be awesome. Salt Lake Bees lost their series finale 9-4 to the Sacramento Rivercats. Bees are headed to Tacoma, to Tacoma tomorrow to open a series against the Rainiers. And it's going to open with a doubleheader. they got to make up for a rain out uh, back in early June. All right, that's what's trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Ann Myers Drysdale, Phoenix Suns and Mercury Vice President, a TV analyst as well. She's going to join us at 830 to talk NBA Finals. And Bob Casper, co-host of Real Golf Radio, 905, the British Open Preview. And our draft, that's coming up at 9.05. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Win, win, win. It's a win ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the win ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When I get the carpets clean, it's never clean. It's just Zero Res clean. No, I don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean, plus a fourth room for free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today by calling them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. And pro tip, when you call Zero Res, they don't offer you the fourth room for free. You have to ask for it. I heard on the zone I get the fourth room for free, and then they'll go, Okay, no problem. But you had to mention it. They don't offer it to you. You got to bring it up. All right, PK, question of the morning. What if? What are some of the better what ifs in sports? So I was listening to your guy, the herd. And you, you worship him. You don't admit it, but I know you do. Or you, <laughs> did, you did anyway. Uh, when he was available on your radio. Now, he's on mine on satellite, so I listen to him when I go home, on the ride home sometimes. And he had said, there is a, it was on the heels of this sources report that uh, Dwayne Wade is seriously concerned about Donovan Mitchell leaving, not wanting to be in Utah, and, you know, that tired story, the narrative 
as people who like to think they're smart say. Uh, and so he's going on, and he, he, I believe he has a home here. I know he vacations here a lot, and I know he's gone up to Promontory, and I know he takes golf lessons up there. That has been confirmed to me. I think you're right about uh, a second home up here, though. Uh, he's up here too often. Yeah, and so he was defending Utah and saying they're like, and he has to compare something. He always has to have a simile and a metaphor. They're like Gonzaga basketball. And, you know, they've been well run for years and years, and they'll break through one day. You know, like Gonzaga obviously has been on the periphery, has made it to the final game now a couple of times, and they've just had a great, great program. Everyone would acknowledge that for sure uh, with uh, what Mark Few has done there in Gonzaga. And we'll see the Suggs kid, and I think he might be the best Gonzaga player uh, to come out of the draft uh, in uh, Mark Few's, what, 22, maybe 23 years. We'll see about that in the next few years, how that plays out. Uh, but then the herd said that if it wasn't for MJ, the Jazz would have two titles by now. Oh, what if? <laughs> and it got me thinking. Uh, what if? Well, that is exactly a lot of people jumped on this. This topic really resonated with people. And uh, Ryan says that what if Jordan had stayed retired? What if Jordan had gone to Birmingham and hit 350? (laughs) Just not hit 20 or 30 homers. Wasn't possible. No. But what if? No one believed that was going to happen when he went there. If he would have done it, you know, when he was 18 and come up the traditional way, possibly. Sure. But not that Too many at-bats and too many reps lost to his basketball career. I mean, we saw that with Tim Tebow. It's very difficult to hit a baseball. (laughs) And and if you haven't done it for a number of years, to to jump in like that. So that wouldn't have happened. But, yeah, you could argue that they could have had a couple of titles without him. I don't know who would have represented the other side. But... We'll never know. What if Malone doesn't get the ball stolen in game six? That's a, that's an awesome what if. He turns, hits that patented fadeaway jumper. They go up three. Jordan goes down, goes down sticks a three. It goes to overtime, and the Bulls win an OT. Or? Well, and they still had game seven, too. Yeah. Sure. Or they score on that possession, and the Bulls don't, and the Jazz win game seven. And pandemonium. Okay. If you're in the what-if category, that goes there too. But I, do we need we need more solid proof on what-ifs? What do you mean? Well, those are, you're, you're sort of dreaming a little bit. Well, there's a mix. Uh, the what-ifs, uh, I mean, they're all dreams. I mean, uh, it didn't happen. But see, but we need more solid than that because I got one. I firmly, firmly believe. <laughs> you don't need to dream. You know this would have happened. I do. That if the Cougs had Brandon Davies, oh, they go to the here. Final Four. Yeah, it's it's here. Mm-hmm. What if Brandon Davies doesn't uh, get in trouble with the honor code? Yeah. I believe. And see, Dan says, BYU to the Final Four. Right. So I think that's a little more... That's a closer substantial. to a little closer to reality. The if in my mind, is big in my mind. Well, I think the thing about that is that you can go back and look at the the tournament that year, and I don't have it memorized, but I think all the games in that regional were like OT or one possession games. So it's a very small margin. Whereas here, yeah, it's just one possession to win the game for the Jazz in '98, but then there's a whole nother game. Right. So that's double what if. Right. Maybe they got, maybe they got to the Sweet 16. It, they literally could have scored, and Jordan could have thrown in a three and gone to OT okay. and won. So there were multiple ifs. But that's a maybe. That's a maybe, not a what if. You just said maybe. I wrote that the team that the Cougars had that year with Jimmer as sensational as he was, and Davies, Davies is a pretty good player. I think he had a cup of coffee in the NBA with the Sixers. Uh, that I believe that they would have gone to the Final Four. Yeah, they would have beaten who was it? Uh, uh, Florida that they lost to. I was, it was in New Orleans. I was there. I saw them over in Denver. They beat, uh, they, I think it beat Wofford and Gonzaga. Yep. Uh, and they really, they roughed up Gonzaga pretty good. Uh, and then the next week we went down to Florida. Uh, or down to New Orleans. And 
Yeah, I think they would have won that game, and I think they would have won the next game, because I think that was the second year that Butler went to the Final Four. I think they would have. I think they would have won that. Could have handled it. I think they would have gone to the Final Four. Yes, if not for that uh, honor code situation with Brandon Davies. Yep. I also got one for the Utes too. What if? What's the what if for the Utes? I believe in 1997, if Alex Jensen wasn't serving a mission in England, they would have beat Kentucky. Because he would have been there to guard Mercer, and Mercer wouldn't have gone off as much as he would have. And my man, Alex, would have defended him much better than they had. And I was there, that one. That was in San Jose. I was covering the Utes then for the Watchdog. And I think that they would have gone to the Final Four. So I've got two teams going to the Final. Now, of course, they went the next year, obviously. Not coincidentally, Alex was back the next year. Because that was the second year of his mission when Van Horn was a senior. Maybe they wouldn't have gone the next year, I don't know. But Alex, if you follow it out, I think Alex would have been a senior that year. So there's no reason to think that they wouldn't have. They probably, in my mind, would have gone two for two. They would have gone back-to-back Final Fours. But I believe if Alex was playing on that U team at that time, that they would have been able to beat, finally beat Kentucky in the regional final in San Jose, and Van Horn would have gone to the Final Four, and then what the hell, they would have won the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now you're just loading up the what if. Yeah, well, that's what we just did with the Jazz. This, this, well, that, if this happened, you, if this happened, if this happened. Right, but you said that yours wasn't going to be like that I one. I know, but I was kidding on that one. <laughs> I don't even remember. Well, the, the thing you teams. have... The thing you have going for you is well, that was your Kansas, uh, Kentucky lost to Arizona, and uh, I don't remember that in overtime. So I don't know what to tell you. That's that's where you come in. I don't remember that stuff. There's no need. for So that, if you can beat Kentucky, matter. and if Kentucky was going to be in overtime in the title game, mm-hmm. I mean matchups and all that stuff matter. I'm looking at it now. Kentucky beat Minnesota, and Arizona beat North Carolina. Yeah. Kentucky beat Minnesota by nine, and then Arizona beat Kentucky in OT. I think they would have champs. Yeah. If he would have uh, not All right. gone on the mission. Now, are you ready for a what if for both the Utes and the Cougars? This one comes in from Calvin. What if Kyle Whittingham took the BYU job instead of the Utah job? No Bronco. I mean, that really rewrites history for both schools. Puts it the does, 2008 yeah. Sugar Bowl season. That changes all of that. See, I don't think that that was going to happen. What? That he was going to take the BYU job. Now you're saying, well, he accepted, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know all that. But all I can tell you, without going into too much detail, uh, even though it's long since passed, but I still like to maintain some semblance of confidentiality, is around 8 o'clock that night. There was a lot of wavering, and I believe his heart was set on Utah. I, and he just needed to figure that out in his time. Now, he, he, he should have known for months that he was going to get the job. In fact, I know somebody. I know that somebody very, very well. I, I'm, I look at that person in the mirror every day. and that person in October literally told him you will be offered the BYU job two months before it was offered he was told you will be offered the BYU job that will happen so he had a lot of time to process that. Now, whether he believed that or not, I don't know. But he was told by someone very close to me that he will be offered. <laughs> by someone very close to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it was the morning after, uh, I think it was the morning after the Vegas loss in which they threw the ball f- 4,000 times and ran it seven times and gained, <laughs> and gained 300 yards on the ground. 
if, I, if memory serves, that was a Friday night game. And then the following morning, Kyle was told, that is it, man. You will be offered. You're the number one candidate because Andy Reid isn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> what if Andy Reid? <laughs> and then the Philadelphia Inquirer ran a story about Andy Reid and the BYU job. And they quoted, they had a bunch of anonymous quotes in there saying, this is not a church calling. They will not extend the church calling to him. This will be a job. And because that's the way it's going to be. And that source was me. And I'm working for the watchdog <laughs> at the time. Because I'm sitting in a, 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 in a hotel in Fort Collins, Colorado. And they're interviewing me as I'm just sitting in the in the hotel room on the phone and they run this story and I'm working for the watchdog. I'm employed by the watchdog and the D news picks it up and <laughs> runs a, it. You're anonymously <laughs> quoted in the Deseret news. Yes. It is Oops. <laughs> oh, well <laughs> the anonymous source is me because those were my quotes that I gave the newspaper and there was no way Andy Reid was going to take that gig. There was just no way. I mean, he's a, he's a pro coach. He's the salaries an are yeah. enormously different. He's an NFL guy. Yeah. And so. And the whole skill set, recruiting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously he's a Hall of Fame NFL coach. So you had that going on there. So to me, it was a no-brainer that Kyle was the number one candidate. I mean, it's it's just like Kalani was going to be the number one candidate here this time around. It was a no-brainer on that one, too. It's so easy to identify who their coaches are going to be. (laughs) It's not that deep a pool. (laughs) Yeah. Cleveland was a surprise. But at the time, nobody knew him because he's out of state as a JC. And at the time, he's like, man, there really aren't that many candidates. So right. it wasn't a surprise that it was a surprise because there was no obvious candidate. But there, what your point is, there aren't going to be three obvious candidates. No, and they've got to choose. And then when the yeah, Cleveland was it was a surprise. I would I would agree with that. And I know that BYU, Val Hale, and the BYU magazine, he got off on having it be a surprise because he he worried about the media. Uh, and what they were doing, what they were saying. Uh, so I wonder if that, I had one conversation with Kyle that season. It was weird. It was when practice was wide open, and you could just stand on the sideline. And you know how I am. I'm standing on the sideline. I'm not moving, but the team's going up and down a little bit. And he kneels down, and, the, and, and there's a moment, and other coaches are talking to players or something, and there's a holdup. And he says, and without looking at me, and he's within five yards, and there's nobody else there. There was way less media in that era. And maybe it was prompted by you. I have no idea the overlap of the timelines. I mean, we're doing the show at that point, so he knows we're talking. He says, do you think the Utah State job is going to come open this year? I'm like, yeah, probably. He said, and I, and I, and I said, that would be perfect for a defensive coordinator making a, a jump or something. I said, but on the other hand, couldn't every job come open this year? And that's what happened. And he said, and I said, and he kind of flinched a little bit, still without looking at me. He was still looking at the field. And Urban was, I remember Urban was walking down the far sideline uh, over by the cemetery. And he said, and, and he kind of flinched. He said, they won't come open for the same reasons, but they can all come open. I wonder if you triggered that. I don't remember the Utah State situation in the least, so I cannot. McDenahy did leave that offseason. Oh, he was yeah. out and Brent Guy came in. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> and but, they all, and it was all new coaches. Uh, Urban left, and BYU and Utah State made changes. Yeah. And the Cleveland thing, that was a great hire, uh, Steve Cleveland. And then there was a situation with when he took the job at Fresno. I was down in Arizona at the time and uh, was down there for a weekend visit that just blew up. I spent the whole time in my sister's office, her brother-in-law's office, uh, working and because uh, I had the guy was working for the watchdog then too, so I had to come up with stories on that. And the next morning on the Saturday, I called Dave Rose on his cell, and he he must have seen my number, and he didn't want to answer, but he picked it up, and he didn't say anything, and he must have thought that he clicked it off, and he didn't click it off. So he had the phone must have been sitting as he was driving in the car because I could hear the radio, and I thought, well. I'll just wait this thing out. <laughs> He's going to use the phone at some point. 
<laughs> and so, he thinks he hung up on you, but he accidentally answered. Yeah, now yeah. you're in. You're blocking anyone else from calling. Right. So I just oh. waited it out. Just sat there, and I don't know, was it 20 minutes or an hour or something before he went to use his phone? And there I am. I'm still there. <laughs> and, you know, he. it was a dream come true because I had spoken to Dave, and Dave and I, of all the coaches, even more than Kyle, Dave is the guy who I go back the longest with because when he was at Dixie, I used to talk to him about up-and-coming players. and The recruiting in that in, of that uh, era was a lot harder to uh, get your arms around than it is now. They just, oh, I've been offered by, and they go on social media left yep. and right. Well, and then there's all these other sites that have sprung up, and then they deal with that. So I used to talk to him on a fairly regular basis because he was plugged in, obviously, into the regional junior college uh, circuit and also high school circuit. So, um, you know, he and he had told me that he just he thought he was scarred as a junior college coach and he didn't know if he was ever going to be a head coach. And I remember uh, one night talking with him and he could just feel the anguish uh, because he thought he had an opportunity to get the Houston job, his alma mater, and he was imminently qualified and he did it and he was depressed about it and all that stuff. And so then when he got, when he picked up the phone and we did talk, it's like, I really can't say anything. And I, and I can respect that. So I said, okay, I just needed some kind of quote. But you're going to get the job. You're the guy. You will get this job. You are the man for this job. And that proved to be so abundantly obvious. And he was the right man for the job. Absolutely, he was the right man. So he got that job and uh, did a tremendous job as far as I'm concerned. Had a really good run. Yeah. All right, some more what ifs. Are you ready? Here's some that aren't quite as local, but they're still stories we follow. Brooks says, what if Jimmy Johnson coached the Cowboys for a few more years? Well, they would have more Super Bowl wins. Would they have done three in a row instead of getting beat by Steve Young's Niners? Possibly. Four? I mean, no one has won three in a row. Could they have been the team that matched the Bills going to four in a row? Could they won them all? Oh, it's not beyond the realm whatsoever. It could have been and, and the, thing the about greatest that, though, NFL dynasty. What was cool about that situation is that those two teams, particularly the Niners, they were making moves designed to beat the Cowboys yeah. in the playoffs. It's not like now. In that era, those two were so far in front of the rest of the league, and not everybody in the rest of the league knew it. They were the best. Uh, yeah, well, obviously they won one without him, right? Uh, what's his they face? Did. Switzer uh, came in, yeah. lost the NFC title game the first year. In the second year, he won the Super Bowl. So, and then I think his third year, they went out pretty early in the playoffs. And they really haven't been the Cowboys since then. That was the end of the glory days. Clearly, uh, they would have won. And then maybe he could have made some retooling to continue with it. Because I mean, he did a Hall of Fame job with that franchise. I don't know that there's anybody better. Uh, Belichick obviously has a phenomenal run, no doubt about it. But what Jimmy Johnson did under such trying circumstances, you're replacing the ultimate Hall of Famer in Tom Landry and an organization. You thought the Jazz were stable. Woo! (laughs) That was stable. Yeah. It was the same thing year after year after year. 60s, 70s, into the mid-80s. The wheels had finally come off when he came in. So he he didn't have to replace him when they were still cranking out no playoff but, uh, games, and he, but it's still he's the guy. Yeah, I mean he's the legend there. As good as Jimmy Johnson was, when I think of the Cowboys coaching, I think of Tom Landry and the hat and the suit and all that stuff. Well, he had a twenty-year. I mean, he was there thirty years, but the first five and the last five, building it and falling apart. But boy, for twenty years there, they were it. He became America's team, as they yep. say. Yeah. Yep. And then it ended poorly, as it often does. But what a run. Yeah. All right, more what-ifs on our Facebook page, DJ and PK, or hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, Another football one here. What if the 49ers had selected Aaron Rodgers and the Packers selected Alex Smith? Well, Aaron Rodgers is better than Alex Smith. Right. So I'd have to assume the team would be better. They would flip to agree, but it's football, and so the rest, you, whole rest of the you team. have to have a quarterback, but you need a lot of other stuff too. How much would that have changed the trajectory of their careers and the trajectory of those two franchises? 
Now, who's to say, though, the Packers, if they had taken Alex Smith or any of the other teams, if uh, Aaron Rodgers would have gone number one, because we don't know that uh, the Packers would have had available Alex Smith. Somebody else might have taken him. I don't, you know, we have no idea. But who's to say that the team around Alex Smith, wherever he went, wouldn't have been better and he would have won a Super Bowl? Don't know for sure. I mean, he certainly isn't. He's not the best, but he's not the worst either. Right. I mean, he was right on the cusp of taking the Niners to the Super Bowl when they made the change. They very well. See, that's a what that's if. That's a what if. What if Alex doesn't right. get a concussion? What if he stays in the starting lineup? Yeah. He gets a concussion. He misses one game. And Kaepernick looks good enough in that game that Alex never gets to start again. Yeah, I think that Harbaugh wanted to go in that direction, so I don't know that the concussion... So would he have made... Would he have, as a coach, would he have had the spine to just make the change on his own? I think he was going in that direction, yes. I think it was like... But would he have made it in the offseason? I don't know. Yeah. But I think the the Cougars, we know they were going to go with Zach Wilson. Like, that was told to me in a preseason, this is the target date. That were looking to put him in there. And? And they did. Bingo. Yeah. So I think Harbaugh had in his heart to go in that direction one way or the other. But well, if, they would, if he wouldn't have, who's to say they don't win the, win the whole thing? Because you can conceivably see Smith as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's not, it's not, it's not that outrageous. much of a stretch. He's been a, he's been a playoff quarterback. Even though he times. wasn't a Hall of Fame quarterback, it was not that much of a stretch. Gray says, what if Dwight Clark didn't make the catch? Well, they would have had to play him fourth down. Even better play would have ensued. Fourth down, too much pressure. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the other what if in that game is there was still time on the clock. The Cowboys start moving down the field, and Eric, was it Eric Wright? Yak, you're a Niner fan, you remember. There was a defensive back who catches Drew Pearson by the back of the jersey and drags him to the ground, and Pearson was going to break it for a touchdown. Who remembers that? You haven't seen that play on NFL Films when they replay and all that? I've seen the play, but I couldn't I didn't actually, I was working, I didn't actually see the game live. I, I just later. I couldn't yeah. have, I couldn't have named both players that you just named. I couldn't name you the play. I just saw it in the last year. Let alone players. I just saw it in the last year. That was that the Niners came very close to giving up a score there. Here's one for you. You remember this play? Except, well, I remember the famous play. This is an, a famous a, a play before. And don't apologize for remembering. I don't remember this. You tend to do that. Jonathan says, "What if Kirk Gibson hits the ground ball fair and not foul before the home run?" It was a 3-2 pitch, so one of the strikes must have been a foul ball. I don't remember that. But what if? Okay, that's only game one, though. Right? Yep. So we still have a long way to go. True I mean, story. That was a dramatic home run, no <laughs> doubt about it. But they still had to win three more ball games. Right? Was that? But I we're robbed of one of the one. It was game one. It was absolutely game one. So I don't know that that necessarily changed the complexion of the entire series especially in baseball, where momentum is defined by the next day's starting pitcher. And it was sweet and all that stuff, and it was legendary, absolutely. But it wasn't uh, Joe Carter or Bill Mazeroski in the walk-off series-clinching home run. Still only game one. They had plenty of time to come back. What if Minnesota's Gary Anderson makes that stupid 39-yard field goal versus Atlanta in the 1998 NFC Championship game? I don't remember that at Vikings all. Vikings fans have been tortured by Only poor Gary, place kicking. Was it Gary Anderson or Morton Anderson? I don't know. I'll have to look it well, up. You said Gary Anderson. I did. I just read it off <laughs> thing. I assume this guy knows. I don't think it was Gary I'm Anderson. I'm pretty sure it's Morton Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Anderson. <laughs> Did he just get caught up in the local guy? <laughs> or maybe there was a Gary Anderson who was a kicker. I don't know my Minnesota kickers. Who was it? Gary Allen Anderson is a South yeah. African former player, right. place kicker, 23 years. So and, it was Gary. And who, what was the scenario? He hadn't missed a field goal all year, and the Vikings were 15-1 and He, had, one he and didn't miss home. a field goal the whole season? I don't think so. I think he made every single Get one. out of town. So, PK, you <clears> thought on the He Morton, had a long streak, for the sure. The Morton-Anderson thing. Morton was kicking for the, the Falcons. Falcons in that game. So it was Anderson versus Anderson, Anderson versus in the— Yeah, and versus Owen. And that was the Dirty Bird season for— Correct. 
Jamal Anderson. Jamal Another Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. The former you. I don't remember that at all. Really? You don't remember that game? No. Wow. He misses a field goal right Why at should the I? The problem with me is that I don't have favorite teams in the NFL, so been, they don't mean anything to I'm me. I'm not a Vikings fan, but he had been nails all year long. and then Yeah. In 1998, that. Anderson became the first NFL kicker to convert every field goal and point after touchdown mm-hmm. in the regular BFD. season. BFD. It's like Shaq. Make them when they count. Yep. And he missed it. And the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. Who did they lose to? They lost to the Broncos. Oh. Yeah, that that stuff doesn't 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 sit. But I don't want you to apologize because when I say I don't remember, you get defensive. Like you just saw that thing last year. I did, that, but you don't have to apologize for it. Who cares whether you saw it last year or ten years ago? You remember that stuff. From yeah, last year. Yeah, you're a nerd. I literally but you didn't knew it see before. the game. But you knew it before that, though. Oh, because didn't... I've seen the NFL films thing right. play. So don't apologize. See, again, you're getting defensive. Oh my don't gosh. apologize for well, it. Well, stop attacking me. It's not. I'm <laughs> impressed with your memory. Uh, don't be it slipping. <laughs> it's still at its height. It's better. And that's with true. And slippage, it's better. That's true. Because we both have slippage. But I couldn't remember it's to go amazing. out and put gas what, in the car last night. What Holy you cow. do is amazing. Amazing with that stuff, and I really mean it. Okay. And I, so, I, if I come off as attacking, that's on me. It's not on you <laughs> right. because I'm very impressed that you remember this stuff. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube. Check it out during the, the break, PK. And for all of you going to work, check out YouTube if it's not blocked and you get to work, or you're working from home, so it doesn't matter. But look for that play, and you'll be impressed by how close the Cowboys come to breaking a whatever it was, 60, 70 yard touchdown. And Wright just reaches out and grabs a handful of jersey and holds on. Or the catch would have been a footnote. All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Yak, have you been able to find that audio PK was talking about? I do have it. All right. I need to edit it a bit, but we'll have it. Okay, we will get to that next. PK, this goes back to your quest with Dennis Lindsay and now with Justin Zanuck. Bart's the kind of person you have to convince. Yeah, Justin and I will be meeting on this. Okay. He doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet. No. no. <laughs> Newsflash, Justin. There goes a half hour of your day. All right. We'll get to that next. We'll play this audio for you. And this is, uh, this is something jazz fans, this is a big old what if. What if the jazz could get over this hurdle? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. If you're working from home or you're working with a hybrid workforce, we'll get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ari PK, you wrote about this week. You heard this on a uh, podcast. Set this up for people. Yox got it all queued up to play here. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago that we heard that uh, somebody reported, I guess that Windhorse reported that Dwayne Wade was very seriously concerned about Donovan Mitchell's future in Utah. Now he's he signed a five-year deal, and so theoretically that should keep him in there for a good long while. And however long you have him, the good thing is that I believe he's 100% committed to winning a title. I don't think there's any question about that, and he's a spectacular player, so that's good news. And so then they were discussing that, and it was on the heels of the Ben Simmons thing, which we brought up this morning, and that's, you know, will he be traded, and it looks like it's going in that direction, and we'll see. And so then I'm listening to uh, ESPN, and I got the satellite radio, so they got so many stations, I don't know what's available on regular radio and what isn't anymore. But anyway, Bart Scott, the guy who played in the NFL and had that big thing, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, and that became the rallying cry. I don't even remember. It was about the next playoff game, I guess. It's hard to imagine the Jets are even in the playoffs the way they've been the last few years. And so he has a daily show, and then he goes off. He talks about Simmons, and then they bring up the Mitchell thing, and he goes off with these stereotypes about Utah. 
You want more Wendy? We got more Wendy. More Wendy. More Wendy. It's nothing I love more than Wendy than double Wendy. Well, you're getting double Wendy right now because he had this on his podcast today in regards to Donovan Mitchell, Dwayne Wade, and the Utah Jazz. I think Dwayne Wade is seriously concerned about Donovan Mitchell's desire to stay there long term. And I think the way, you know, there was a number of things that happened that led to this primarily, um, and this is covered by the Salt Lake Tribune. I don't want to make it sound like I'm not giving them credit, but um, no, it was an open secret in the NBA that Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay had very a very poor relationship. Bart, now you can smile. Now you can smile. Now you can put them where you know you want to put them. Put them there. Believe in that one. He's put them there. He's from New York. Put him there. If Donovan Mitchell I'm wants with you to, with the, I'm with you on this one. It wants to end up in New York and wants out of Utah. I mean, look, he just signed the long-term deal, but that doesn't matter. Like, can after the playoff thing early, do you think that would bother somebody that much that they were extra careful to hold you out of a playoff game? I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact that nobody wants to go to Utah. Well, I agree. And the, and the fact that you know, the relationships outside of the court is not good for black people to live in Utah. The fact that he watched the true feelings and true sentiment of the people speaking to John Morant's father is what bothers him. The fact that they put on a happy face for him, but their true feelings come out when African-Americans come there to play is what I think is the issue and the problem that ultimately will let him say, you know what? I'm done here. Thank you. Get me out of here. And I wonder if that happens. Does Dwayne Wade say, you know what? I'm wasting money here because they have no star and and say, I want to invest somewhere else. Atlanta's always accepted. I'll tell you what. Minority coins. It is is a a, a bad situation for the Jazz if Donovan Mitchell wants out. You're stuck with Rudy Gobert that needs somebody to facilitate to him. They've given him the max dollars, too, and he's not going anywhere. So if you have no Donovan Mitchell, what are you getting? That really makes my blood boil. And you should cut it up for just where he does the the most damage there, rather than the whole long thing. Uh, so it, it they show the people of Utah show their true colors when black people come to play here, like you know every three years when black people come to play here. Not every freaking game, <laughs> <laughs> and the people. The people, yeah, those four, five, six, seven, ten, maybe, idiots, those are the people, and they represent all of us. You got to really be careful about that stuff, man, because if you start going the other way, and you can't really go the other way unless you want to get yourself in big-time hot water, Uh, and where does that end? If we take the actions of a few and project them across everybody, man... So your quest to make this the place that you can recruit a great NBA player, you're going to run up against that attitude. Because as much as you don't like that attitude, as much as all the listeners don't like that attitude, it's still out there. Perceptions are out there. And it still shadows the team. Right. There's no doubt about it. And so... When you say it's going to be overcome, it's going to happen, and you got to allow for each player, man, they've got their own situations. Playing time, closer to home, relationships with coaches or teammates. I mean, there's a thousand things that go into this aside from, you know, and, and he said in the middle of there, you go to Atlanta. Well, Atlanta, until very recently, has been an NBA disaster. I mean, there's so many things that go into this aside from, a popular perception of a city, negative or positive. So I think that that's, I think he is making a racist statement because what he's saying is that black people and Ron Boone questioned me on this on the air. What I believe, and this is my opinion and probably get me in trouble, but what the heck? Uh, I got to be honest. I believe that he's saying that those folks who wouldn't even sniff here, because of what they have heard, that's an ignorant perception. So in my mind, he's calling those people ignorant. They're not smart enough to figure it out. Nobody wants to go to Utah because that they, the people showed their true colors when a black guy came to play here. 
that isn't that's a silly statement. As opposed to they come how here things, all the time, and they've been here for years and years and years. As opposed to how things really work in a tightly knit world where all the NBA players have each other's cell phone numbers and text all the time, hug before and after games because they're all friends. You played there. What's the deal? I believe that All the individual the has the level of intelligence to figure it out for himself. Now, he may not want to play here, but he may have a better offer. So be it. That's going to happen. It's going to be harder because this place isn't for everybody. I understand all that. But to make a blanket statement, I think, is ignorant. And I think that you are insulting the level of intelligence of the people that you think you're sticking up for. And you don't realize that you're insulting their level of intelligence. Because basically, you're, you're insulting Dwayne Wade. You're saying, Dwayne, you wasted your money on this. Is he, is he not saying that? That's what I took. That's how I took it. And when he said that, I was like, Dwayne Wade's not losing money here. Pro sports owners aren't losing money these days. Dwayne Wade went to college for years. He's a businessman in addition to being a great ex-player now, Hall of Fame player. You mean to tell me he doesn't have a high level of intelligence? Of course he does. The valuation of these clubs is only going up. He is not going to lose money here, regardless of any one player. He chose here for a reason. He just said, put a, you know, throw a dart on a dartboard and wherever it landed, that's where I'll go. I don't, and I, <laughs> I not don't. not wheel of fortune here. I don't, we haven't had any long conversations. There hasn't been any of this going on. But just from the little bit that Ryan Smith has talked about in the media when he did a Zoom call and all that, and the way Dwayne Wade talked and the little bit of time that he's spoken, I came away with the impression that this isn't the only thing that they're working on together. Fine, whatever. You can do whatever they want there. Yeah. Doesn't matter so to they're, me. Not, they're not losing money. <laughs> they're going to make money. Oh, of course, yeah. And I'm not even sure that's the point. It was he, one of the points he threw out there. Dwayne Wade's going to be out of here because no, he's losing no, money. Bart what is he Scott, doing? But I don't think Bart, that, Bart Squat, But that was Bart's take yeah. on Dwayne Wade being in Utah. I, I understand that, but I don't think Dwayne Wade was really worried about that. I think he wanted to be associated with Ryan Smith yes. because he saw it as a good business opportunity to yes. do some things, whatever those things might be. Yes, and, so, and they're not going to lose and, money. And he investigated the situation, and so he went into it with eyes wide open, and he knows what he's getting into. I just think on the surface to say two things. To say people, sh- the people showed their true colors as if every single one of us in the arena did that, right? And then also too to say they those, those players won't be interested in here. That's ignorant on their behalf and by his behalf, saying all these players won't be interested because of some stereotype. No, they're smarter than that. They'll investigate it and find out this is a doggone good place to be. DJ and PK, when we come back and. Ann Myers, Drysdale, Phoenix Suns, and Mercury Vice President TV analyst will be here at 8.30 to talk NBA Finals. Bob Casper, ghost of Real Golf Radio at the British Open Preview and our draft at 9.05. All right, DJ PK, it is time now to give away a golfer for the Open Championship. You win a golf Open Championship giveaway. If you're caller 12 right now, you'll qualify with a golfer. Who will the golfer be? Patrick Cantley. If Patrick Cantley wins, you'll receive the same brand of putter that is in his bag. And this is all brought to you by You in a Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. Call now, 855-340-ZONE. Be caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. 